Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Good grief. Yes, it will be a uh, short week for some this week because it is Thanksgiving week. When was the last time you heard somebody actually called a jive turkey? <laughs> uh, maybe some uh, reruns yeah, of... Like uh, Starsky and Hutch or something. Uh, well, I was I was thinking more... Um, uh, what was the... Uh, good Times? Good Times. Also... Uh, the Jeffersons? The, the, the Junkyard... Uh, oh, Sanford and Son. You jive turkey. He used that all the time. <laughs> You big dummy. You big dummy. That's it. I'm coming. This is the big one. There, it's just, a very 70s thing. Let's yeah, put it that I gave way. a whole bunch of yeah. things that nobody even gets or understands this morning. Monday morning, back at work. It is a uh, big week this week. Uh, we've got, like I said, three days to get five days worth of uh, information uh, into a show. And giveaways. And giveaways. We have the Lock, Stock, and Barrel. $50 gift certificate for the play of the game. And there could be a couple of plays for that play of the game uh, on Saturday night. If you know, if you listen to the post game, you know what it is. Listen in the 8 o'clock hour between 8.30 and 9 o'clock, and we will give you a chance every, to get that uh, gift certificate. Every Monday morning after a win, you like to point out how much more pleasant it is to be on Monday morning after a win. Oh, it, it so much is. And based on the last 30 seconds of that game today, <laughs> more so than any other game this season. Because, wow, is all I can say with that game. Once again, when you go to Wyoming, thing crazy things can happen. And, man, there were just a bunch of crazy things that happened within the last two minutes of that game. And congratulations for Boise State. Yeah, they get to go to the Mountain West Championship again. Again. Six time in ten years. Wow, that's pretty good. That's that's darn good. And they know already who they're <laughs> going to be playing. Fresno State won this weekend. Fresno State will uh, be the other side good of the grief. bracket when they play here at home in two weeks. And let's see, out of those six times, how many times have we had to face Fresno State in that game? Um, About, what, five or three, something? Three. I was going to say between three and five, I think. Yeah, something like that. Um, Fresno State, by the way, I know a lot of people are, are going to be going, oh, Fresno State, we beat them pretty easily um, the first time around. Keep in mind, this is a different Fresno State game because Fresno State was on their third-string quarterback, I believe, and their first-string quarterback is a difference maker. And as we know from years of watching football, this week's game has nothing to do with last last week's game. Mm -hmm. Um, The good thing is it is at home. We do have tickets. There's one more game. I, I, I know it seems like the season is over because everything's been decided, there is one more game, and it's a big one because it's senior night, and there are a lot of seniors on this team that we will be saying goodbye to. More importantly, you get to say goodbye to. We'll have a chance for you to win your tickets coming up this morning. Listen in to text and win. So we'll have tickets today, tomorrow, and Wednesday for you uh, to be able to get your uh, tickets to go to that game. Um, it's really unfortunate that it, this Friday's game is senior night because you just – don't expect as big a crowd because the University of uh, Boise State University students are all gone home for Thanksgiving. So right there, you can take thousands of students away from attending the game. 
However, it is the final game. It is senior night. Hopefully, we can get a huge crowd out for the week, and we're going to do uh, help as much as we can because we'll have tickets yeah. to give away this week. Other news that we're talking about this morning, another mass shooting in Colorado at a LGBTQ nightclub. Yeah, Colorado Springs. Uh, five people killed, 24, 25 injured, and the gunman was uh, probably would have killed or hurt more had it not been for a couple of people who overtook him and stopped the shooting. Thank goodness. Eventually, yeah, but finally they did. That's good. Uh, we've got an update coming up here for you. Uh, latest update from Moscow where they still have not found the person responsible for stabbing four University of Idaho students to death. We'll give you the latest update after a press conference from yesterday. Not a lot. However, there are people who have been now officially excluded as people of interests. Although more rumors continue to come out. Um, just crazy how, you know, a vacuum wants yeah. to fill itself when you're not getting information. Well, people yeah, they're, go, they're, I heard this, and it's like, who'd you hear it from? They, let's put it this way. They either they either know absolutely nothing, or they're just playing it close to the vest. And, and either one, I guess, could be true. Or they, they could both be true at the same time. Because a lot of times, and you know this from watching police shows, they don't release all the information they have to the public so that, they can get information if they do find someone. Yeah. If that person says something, is oh, I read that in the newspaper. It's like it was never released. Yeah. So how did you know that information? No, no you didn't. Yeah. Uh, that, that's on that's on shows all the time. Only the killer would know that. I I don't know how much of that is true in this particular case, but it quite frankly could be true. Um, also, we're finding out that uh, there's possibility that a retired uh, Boise police chief. Allegations of racism, serving on the uh, Boise Police Force for uh, 24 years before he retired, was due to speak at a uh, white nationalists conference this year. Not the chief, but an officer, right? No, yes. Uh, A Boise uh, police captain, sorry, Boise police captain, retired Boise police captain. He was one of the officers, officers, though, that brought uh, allegations against former police chief Ryan Lee. Hmm. We'll talk a little bit about that this morning. Uh, and for those of you who, uh, you know, use Twitter a lot, Twitter still still going. As a matter of fact, they've uh, increased the uh, number of people by one at least because President Trump is being re- reinstated officially to Twitter. Well, however, I think he's already said he's not going to go back, right? Um. Yes and no. Um. I mean, he doesn't have to go back, but it reinstates all his past Twitter tweets that were deleted so even if he doesn't officially because he has his own you know what's funny social media now they were really never gone i mean his account was wiped out but uh every time he would say something somebody would tweet uh (laughs) no somebody would post a tweet that he posted in the past that contradicted exactly what he was saying or criticized a different president for the same thing he's doing there was just i mean and and basically they always uh they always title it with there's always a tweet there were uh, a lot of people who thought by this morning that there might not be Twitter any longer. As a matter of fact, I've seen uh, even a local news yeah. organization here um, had had tweeted somebody within that news organization says, hey, thank you to all of my followers for over the year. If mm-hmm. Twitter goes down tonight, um, I 
appreciate all your work, and I'll be showing up at some new social media site in the future. Yeah, yes, she or, uh, excuse me, he or she did. <laughs> so, um, once again, they are still in business. It's going to be interesting to watch this because... A lot of people did drop out, but uh, not everybody. No, and, and even the people that have dropped out, there have been people who have Wandering gone back, back on um Well, they also reinstated... Like uh, uh, Kathy Griffin, they reinstated her. They reinstated Kanye West. So it, it's going to be interesting to see. I know a lot of people are criticizing, and most of the people criticizing are people who worked for tri- Twitter that either quit or um, have been fired or slash laid off. Um, but they're not the only company. It's like when you sit there and see how many people have been laid off, it's like, okay, Meta has laid off 11,000 people. Amazon, how many have Amazon? 7,500 people. Tons, All these yeah. technology companies are having to lay off people because of the uh, amount of money that they're losing right now. So it's not just Twitter who is doing this. However, it, it is happening right after Elon Musk took over. So if only they had somebody wealthy who could, you know, invest a little <laughs> capital into the company. I just don't. 6.15, time for a uh, check on what's going on with sports this morning. It is brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli, the place to go for lunch. Don't forget, tomorrow, after a win, every Tuesday, the Blue Bronco is half price. So make your plans not only today, but tomorrow to also go and get your uh, lunch at Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Sunday night football, you had the Chiefs taking on the Chargers in an AFC West divisional game. And the Chiefs, well... Let's just say Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes are really good. After Mahomes, quick throw. Near side, he goes to Kelsey. Bounces off the hit. Comes on the angle and traps into the end zone. Touchdown! Kansas City is usually how he ends that. Call on 106.5 The Wolf. Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey on that touchdown. I would give them a 13-10 lead at the time. They would need another one. To get the job done. Mahomes crossing pattern caught. Kelsey 10-yard line. 5-yard line. Touchdown. Kansas City. Will Kelsey do it to the Chargers again on a crossing pattern? And the Chiefs would go on to a 30-27 victory over the Chargers with less than a minute to go in the fourth quarter. They got that touchdown, an extra point to seal it up. And that's a good win for the Kansas City Chiefs. They now move to 8-2 and overall. The Chargers fall to 5-5. Five and five. There were a couple of other games that are worth noting. The Las Vegas Raiders defeated the Denver Broncos yesterday to end their losing streak and sweep the Broncos in the regular season. The Raiders and Broncos now both at 3-7 and seven in the AFC West. I'm Rick Worthington. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 624, uh, once again, coming up here for you this morning at 830. It is Bronco Monday. We'll be talking about the uh, latest win over Wyoming that propels the Boise State team into the Mountain West Championship for the sixth time in 10 years. Okay, I'm only going to say this once, but try as they might, they still won that game. <laughs> um, <sighs> the uh, run game looked great yeah. once again. I mean, except for maybe one play. but Up yeah, until yeah. the uh, final drive by Boise State. Um, once again, Boise State, Andy Avalos' team has never lost when they have Holani uh, rushing for uh, 100 yards. Or more. Once again, he rushed for over 100 yards, but it looked like it was going to be up for grabs for a little while. There, there are <laughs> yeah. two plays, by the way, in this game. And I, and I know with Skinner, 
he had two interceptions in the last right. minute and nine seconds of the game, which was awesome. Um, but there were two plays that kind of under the radar on how Boise State got that win. Um, number one, thank you to the head coach of Wyoming for calling a pass play on first and 10 with, what, 45 seconds left to go in the game. Yeah, instead of going for Two it. timeouts, and you are already in field goal range. Right. In, instead of positioning themselves for a field goal to tie, they they went for the win, and thank goodness they did. Well, and they didn't even have to position themselves for a field goal because they're in field goal range right there. If okay, they wanted to... One. They could have. They could yeah. have still scored a touchdown because they had. I mean, the running backs had run all over Boise State well, all night. Good point. Long. Good point. Um, so thank you for throwing it on first and ten. <laughs> um, that you know, I, I think more is than anything, a, did a, something for the win. Is there a double meaning to throwing it? <laughs> uh, and the other one going, you know, kind of under the radar. Taylor Green running down. I mean, yeah. that guy could have easily have run that. Um, fumble recovery back for a touchdown, and then it would have been very hard for Boise State to uh, be able to make a comeback in that game with 45 oh, yeah. seconds left. Um, so him running down that guy and tackling him short also, in my opinion, saved uh, the day. So um, if you know the play of the game, by the way, stick around. We've got a $50 gift certificate coming up here, Lock, Stock, and Barrel, 8 to 8.30, or between 8.30 and 9 o'clock today. We also have tickets if you want to go to the final home game, regular season home game. Boise State is uh, going to be taking on Utah State this weekend. By the way, it's on the uh, big network, CBS. That's why it's 10 o'clock in the morning. We're going to be the uh, early game mm-hmm. coming up this week. Uh, and it is going to be senior night, so if you want to go, stick around. Be ready to text the word Broncos to 208-336-3700 when you hear that cue to text. And if I were you... I'd listen all morning long, but pay especially close attention in the 9 o'clock hour. Hint, hint. Hint, hint. Yeah. There you go. Our phone lines are open, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. This week is also uh, Idaho's largest toy drive kickoff. That will happen up this Friday. We'll give you some details on that coming up and more. If you want to email, you can also email chris at kboi.com and mike at kboi.com. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. Thanksgiving week, ladies and gentlemen. Why is that a big week? Well, because for those of you who like to eat, number one, you get to eat a lot of turkey and a lot of stuffing. Which, by the way, this makes no sense. Today is National Stuffing Day. Yeah, that is weird. Why would you not have National Stuffing Day on Thursday well, like or a, maybe even Friday for leftovers? What was it, like National Pumpkin Carving Day is like, what, a week before, before uh, yeah, Halloween? Halloween makes no sense. Um, but here's the biggest news, of course, uh, coming up on Friday of this week, Black Friday. Idaho's largest toy drive gets underway. It's brought to you by Idaho Central Credit Union, TDS Fiber, Scandinavia Designs. And once again, it all gets underway coming up this week. The 12 days of Christmas will be running through. The uh, 6th of December, once again, we'll be at Sportsman's Warehouse. Chris and I and myself will be broadcasting live every morning um, with great help. Once again, it takes more than just us and you. A uh, huge thank you to uh, Franz Witte, G&G Insulation, Shooter's Bench, Bronco Motors, and more for helping to make this possible. And then, of course, you, our listener, also helping to make this all possible because we need you to bring out new 
unwrapped toys. And we've already begun gathering those toys. Thanks to everybody who dropped by Bob's Restaurant on Friday. We had a bunch of toys dropped off yeah, at Bob's did. Restaurant. That was great. By the way, if you still want to get a toy box so that you, your organization, your business, whatever, can gather up toys, Nate at KBOI.com will make sure that you can get yourself a uh, toy box so that you can take part in Idaho's largest toy drive. Uh, you can bring a new and unwrapped toy by the trailer anytime, 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. Once again, beginning Friday, and uh, that will all be happening for 12 days with the Marines. We'll uh, talk to the Marines, of course, while we're out there, many dignitaries. We, we make it like one day longer every year, don't we? I, I, I ask about that specifically, and I go, is this going to happen next week? We'll go to Wednesday, and he goes, no. He said 12 days. He goes, 11 days of Christmas like doesn't 12th. have a ring to it. Oh, there we go. That makes yeah. sense, I guess. I go, I just hope he doesn't get the idea of the 24 days of Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it's twice as big as it should be. Uh, anyway, uh, like I said, if you need more information, go to KBOI.com. Uh, click on that link, and if you need a box, Nate at KBOI.com. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Things we'll be talking about uh, here this morning as we go along. If you want to weigh in, uh, retired Boise police captain, apparently tied to white supremacist website was uh, due to talk at a uh, conference, Mayor McLean, on uh, Twitter yesterday. Thank goodness, because Twitter was still around. She wouldn't have been (laughs) able to post her uh, comments. This weekend, I learned of a retired Boise Police Department officer, Matt Ringelson's participation in a white nationalist conference and his ongoing contributions to racist, dehumanizing propaganda. The fact that such an individual could serve in the department for two decades is appalling, the people of Boise deserve a police department worthy of their investment and trust. We are launching a full investigation accordingly. I will have more to share in the upcoming days. In the meantime, if any Boise residents has concerns or information they'd like to share relating to the Boise Police Department, I urge them to contact my office directly at uh, 208-972-8520 or Mayor org. Hopefully you'll get a better response than I have been able to get from Mayor McLean when I have tried to. Get comments from her. Mm-hmm. A few weeks ago, I tried to see if she would come on KBOI and talk about the uh, rebate program that she was starting for uh, Boise residents to help Gee, I don't property rem- taxes. I don't remember her coming on and talking about that. No. Not only not only would she uh, not come on and talk about it, I have not received a response saying, I'm too busy to do that. Um, no, didn't, I didn't I, receive a response I, at I all. I can't huh? do that. I, I, I wouldn't do that because I hate you. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. No response whatsoever. Um, so I will again make a uh, request, as she said, if if you have you know concerns I, uh, or need information, I, I'm going to make another request to see if we can uh, get her to come on the, uh, the radio uh, with us here. If the alternative is I hate you, then maybe not getting a request isn't <laughs> such a bad thing. Actually, no. I mean, even if you hate me, I don't have a problem with that. As long as you, as mayor, you might not want to hang out with me personally, right? Maybe go to a party, but as mayor, you are representing more than... Actually, you don't even represent me. I don't live in the city of Boise. However, we have a lot of listeners who live in the city of Boise would probably 
like to what she's saying is I, I don't mind talking to a mass audience. I just don't want to do it with you there. That could be and, possibly and she, it. She could be talking yeah, course, to me as well. Of course, I'm just reading between the lines. Well, yeah, yeah. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. We'll talk more about that coming up here for you this morning. Right now, though, it is time for another check on what's going on with sports. Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli, the place to go for lunch every day, but especially tomorrow. Why? Because the Blue Bronco is half price as it is. Every Tuesday after a win, Boise State pulled it out, and the Blue Bronco will be on special half price tomorrow only and every Tuesday after a win at Fat Guy's Fresh Deli. Good morning. Boise State clinching the Mountain Division with a 20-17 to victory over Wyoming and will host Fresno State on the Blue Saturday, December 3rd in the Mountain West Championship game. Here's Bob Beeler. The Broncos had taken a 20-17 lead with 7.20 to go when Taylor Green hit Billy Bowens with a 38-yard scoring pass. Then they held off the Cowboys with two interceptions by J.L. Skinner in the last two minutes. Uh, just going off of my man, uh, following the things that he's doing, and then making uh, when the time comes. You never know when it's going to come, but as long as you're ready when the play does come, you know that you're usually working your favor. So I was just locked into my keys and all those plays, and they worked in my favor that time. The win was the first win trailing heading to the fourth quarter since the Wyoming game in 2019. The Broncos will close the regular season on the blue Friday morning against Utah State. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. Looking to basketball, Marcus Shaver notched a 20-point double-double. Boise State men's basketball on Sunday picked up a 68-55 to victory over Colorado Sunday evening to close out the 2022 Myrtle Beach Invitational. Boise State's defense came alive in the second half, limiting the buffs to just 26% shooting from the field and 10% shooting from beyond the arc. Broncos closing out the game, shooting 10 for 10 from the free throw line in the final five minutes to put that game on ice for the victory. With that, the Broncos return to Boise and host Utah Valley on Saturday, the 26th at 2 p.m. at Extra Mile Arena. And we'll tell you more about that a little later on in the week. I'm Rick Worthington. For your Google Play, simply say, Hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Er, 18 degrees in downtown Boise as you get off with your Monday morning. On the way for you this morning, our phone lines are open at 208-336-3700. 1-800-529-5264. You can also email Chris at KBOI.com and Mike at KBOI.com. Texas, same as our main number, 208-336-3700. That text number uh, comes in handy for you because we have a chance for you to get your free Boise State Bronco tickets. Uh, once again, it is Senior Day this Friday, and they're taking on Utah State in a game. If you'd like to be there, free. Keep listening for your chance to uh, listen for that cue to text. When you hear it, just text the word Broncos to 208-336-3700. You can get a chance to win those tickets. Coming up this morning, I'd be listening, paying very close attention in the 9 o'clock hour. In addition to uh, that, we uh, also have uh, giveaways for you, too. Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. Uh, what a chance to uh, be able to uh, enter and win. We have a chance for you to get a $50 gift certificate coming up here for you this morning. Our question brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, um, 208-888-4128 for all your real estate needs. Uh, this gift certificate, by the way, good for any one of the brunchettes. So any of the brunchettes here in uh, Boise, Meridian, and McCall. Prior to the COVID pandemic, Disneyland in California had only closed three times in their history. Our question this morning is, 
What were the reasons for the other three times that Disneyland closed? If you know the answer, stick around. Coming up after 8 o'clock this morning, you can answer and win. Get that $50 gift certificate to any one of the brunchettes. Here from News Talk, KBOI. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk, KBOI. Good morning and uh, welcome to a Monday. Short week this week because of Thanksgiving. Uh, Also big week because we've got uh, Boise State football going on. We will be giving away tickets to that uh, all Monday through Wednesday anyway. Uh, If you want to go see Boise State take on Utah State, keep listening for your chance to text and win. Text the word Broncos when you hear that cue to call. Um, I'd listen all during the show, but especially pay attention in the 9 o'clock hour. Coming up in the 8 o'clock hour between 8.30 and 9 o'clock, it is Bronco Monday. We'll be talking about the Wyoming game. We also have a $50 gift certificate to Lock, Stock, and Barrel that we'll be giving away during that. If you know the play of the game, you stuck around with Rick, Rick Worthington uh, after the game. He uh, chose it. You know it. You can win that $50 gift certificate. I will tell you this morning, though, um, this may give you a little bit of a hint. You're going to have to be very specific with the play <laughs> that you give details to as what you think the play of the game was. Yeah, don't just describe the play. Tell us which play you're describing. Yeah. So that'll be coming up between 8.30 and uh, 9 o'clock this morning. Don't screw it up. Also. <laughs> uh, well, thank also, you, Rick uh, Worthington. Yeah. By the way, this will happen next week, too. And now that we're in the Mountain West Championship, it will also happen the week after the Mountain West uh, Championship. will be coming up December 3rd against Fresno State. We'll have $50 gift certificates. So you have three full chances still to win that $50 gift certificate. Your first one coming up here this morning. Also, uh, more updates, uh, as you just heard in the top of the hour news there from the University of Idaho. Still no suspects have been found um, uh, over the weekend. Uh, Newsmax talked to Lataw County Coroner Kathy Mabbott about some of the details of the uh, stabbings. Take a listen. You know, it was late at night or early in the morning, so um, it seems likely that maybe they were sleeping. Were they found in separate areas of the house? Um, That hasn't been disclosed yet. Uh, Can you tell me, when you say that they might have been sleeping, were they found in beds? Um, Yes. And so, can you tell me if there were multiple stab wounds per victim, or were these sort of, you know, individual lethal uh, stab wounds that may have been... um, Less in number, but more in in uh, lethality. Um, there were multiple stab wounds, um, yes, on on them. So, and were there? Go ahead. And most of them had just like one that was the lethal uh, stab wound. Yes. Can you describe what that one might have been? Um. But they were to, um, the fatal ones were to the chest area or the upper body area. Were there, um, and I only ask this because it sometimes determines what kind of a, a crime this was, a crime of passion, a, a random crime, a, a fight, a struggle. Was there, uh, were any of them uh, slashed? Were, were any of their necks cut? Um, or were these all puncture wounds? Well, it was a pretty large knife, so it's, really hard to call them puncture wounds. I and mean, they were definitely stabbings. And um, I mean, it has to be somebody that's pretty angry in order to 
stabbed four people to death. Once again, that's Latok County Coroner Kathy Mavitt talking about the deaths of the four University of Idaho students. At a uh, news conference yesterday, Moscow Police Chief James Fry also declined to say which victims were on which floors of the three-story rental house where they died. Two of the four students were on the second floor. Two uh, were on the third floor. Others from Moscow Police, uh, Captain Roger Lanier, said that are not suspects include the surviving two roommates at the house, the man two of the victims made calls to, a hooded man seen on video with two of the victims, and a person who gave them a ride home. And responding to a question from a reporter, Fry said that the 911 call is not to believe to be the killer either. Although, didn't they say somebody used one of the victim's phones to call 911? Yes. Now, who would have done that? Um, I think it was somebody who found the unconscious person at noon the next day. Okay. From what I've been able to ascertain, who, by the way, is also not a suspect. Well, and hasn't been named. So, we know so far, nobody who is being investigated as a suspect, but we are finding out people that have been ruled out as being suspects in the case U of I president C. Scott Green said he recognized that some students do not want to return to campus anytime soon and want to finish the fall semester remotely he said quoting here we're asking instructors to plan for both sets of students as they finish out the semester we must be prepared for all possibilities including a lengthy investigating or investigation rather investigators say that they're seeking more surveillance surveillance from homes and businesses around the area the geographical area target time 3 a.m to 6 a.m november 13th that's your latest so far well i hope they do get to the bottom of all of it you know including arresting uh, the the perpetrator or suspect anyway i do understand if you were a parent of a student at the university of idaho not wanting your child to head back after. I mean, many of them left last week. Now, this week was supposed to be a break week for Thanksgiving. However, many of them left immediately after this and have not returned. I I totally understand as a parent or as someone who might be attending the university, not wanting to go back so quickly. Yeah, I agree with that too. They are still looking for tips. Anybody having tips? They are asking for uh, tips and to call well, the uh, Moscow Police Department if you know anything. And it's interesting. They said they've received more than 500 tips already. So apparently somebody out there knows something. But, you know, out of 500, how many will be relevant? That's just it. But you you have to investigate them because you never know when something somebody sees that may not look like it has anything to do with it might be a clue as to who could possibly have done this. We don't even know for yeah. a fact if there's one person involved or more than one. one like like I said, you know, on the cop shows, the, the, the vital uh, tip will be something where somebody says, now, I don't know if this is important, but I also saw a blue car go by 10 minutes before that. Yeah. 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, time for another check on sports brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Don't forget tomorrow, big day. Well, every day is a big day for lunch and dinner at Fat Guys. They open up at 1030, but Tuesdays, especially after a win, Boise State's when you get a blue bronco half price usually around 12 bucks you get it for around six bucks tomorrow and every tuesday after a bronco win get in for lunch at fat guys fresh deli good morning count me among the folks that would have liked to have seen the buffalo bills take on the cleveland browns in buffalo where they had snow up to their ears instead they moved the game to detroit 
where this happened. Josh is under center, takes the snap, hands it off. Devin Singletary cuts right, goes back left, into the end zone, touchdown Buffalo! A five-yard touchdown run by Motor. That's the call on the Bills radio network. Devin Singletary went for five yards for that touchdown. It gave the Bills a 22-10 to lead after the two-point conversion failed. Bills went on to beat the Browns yesterday by a score of 31-23. to The Dallas Cowboys taking on the Minnesota Vikings in one of the better games that we've seen from the Cowboys over the last couple of years. 68 to Tony Pollard. Snap back to Prescott. He's got a lot of time. Deep down the right side. Oh, it's caught at the 45, 40, Pollard, 20, 10, Pollard, Uncle. 68 to Tony Pollard on third and 15. Good night, nurse. The call on the Cowboys radio network. Tony Pollard had that 68-yard touchdown reception, giving the Cowboys a 30-3 to third quarter lead. And then the Cowboys went on to beat the Vikings 40 to three and the las vegas raiders finally get a victory car play action again looking downfield lost it near corner adams went over at the five he walks in and the raiders walk off with a win touchdown Devontae adams to win it here in denver so the raiders losing streak is over they beat the denver broncos in overtime that Walk-off touchdown, 22-16, to the victory in Denver for the Raiders in their first road win all season for Las Vegas. I'm Rick Worthington. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. 723, Jeremiah Bates with us uh, this morning. Uh, what is going to turn out to be a short week, as it always is, with Thanksgiving week. And we got a mixed bag ahead of the opening here in just about seven minutes or so. The Dow's up about 20 points, NASDAQ down 50, Standard & Poor down. Um, what can we expect from uh, this week? Because last few weeks, even with uh, some down days, we've uh, had pretty good weeks for the uh, the stock market. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a relatively quiet week. Although you still have a, it's, it's a bit of jam packed for retailers reporting earnings. So yeah, Best Buy, Nordstrom, Dollar Tree, Nick Sporting Goods, just a Dick Sporting Goods, just to name a few. So I don't think anyone's going to anticipate some big surprises on that front. I think if there's anything coming down the pipeline, we would have been aware of it. You know, but historically, the Thanksgiving week actually tends to be bullish. If you look over the past century, the S&P 500 has gained on average uh, half of 1% during the holiday week and achieved positive returns almost 70% of the time. So if history is any guide into what's looking into the future this week should um maybe be positive. But again, I, th- I think it'll be relatively flat. There's no big economic data coming through. You got a few corporate earnings coming through. I think the big news, unless uh like we've seen with Disney, shares of Disney are up over 9%, almost 10% pre-market because they did uh, oust their CEO and replaced him with the previous <laughs> CEO. So unless we see some big shakeups on the corporate side like that, I think this week is going to be relatively flat because it's a short week and people are focused on Thanksgiving. That can't be a big shock to people, can it? Especially when they found out that Disney last quarter lost over a billion dollars. Yeah, that's uh, $1.5 billion last quarter due to Disney Plus. So, wow. yeah, Bob, I think his last name is uh, Chipek. I don't know exactly how you say it, but he took over the role less than three years ago. Disney shares are down about 19%, while the broader market, the S&P 500, is up over 34%. 
over that same period. So year to date, uh, Disney stock is down over 40%. So yeah, it was just kind of a matter of time, I, I feel. But I guess it was a surprise that they brought, uh, they brought in the, the previous CEO who in fact handpicked uh, Bob Chepek to, to replace him. So we'll see. I mean, Bob Eager, he's been around in Disney. He spent more than four decades there. And we'll see if he'll shake it up and if, if he can write the <laughs> he shit. He can't do any worse. No, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the bar success, oh, I guess, is per, per, one, pretty one low here. So <laughs> billion dollar loss. Don't challenge worse. <laughs> here, Only lost a beer. half a billion, not one billion. We're yeah. okay. And maybe the happiest place on earth, but uh, not the happiest stockholders on earth as of right now. <laughs> All right. We'll get an update from you here in about an hour after the uh, market opens and talk to you again tomorrow morning. Thanks, gents. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, by the way, don't forget this week, short week, Thanksgiving week, but that doesn't stop us from having another Bronco football game coming up uh, this coming Friday morning. We start uh, Bronco football early. As a matter of fact, 5 o'clock in the morning on Black Friday, Bronco game day. Rick Worthington, Richie Brockle. Uh, Richie Brockle, it'll be a shock to his body, I'm sure. Rick Worthington's <laughs> used to being in yeah. here at that time of the day. Um, but uh, that is uh, when the Bronco game day will begin this week because we have an early game at 10 a.m. kickoff. It's the early kickoff on the big CBS network, Utah State's coming to town to take on Boise yeah. State this weekend. The difference between this and other games is when people are tailgating before the game, they'll be eating bacon and eggs, I think. With everything that has happened this year, it is absolutely amazing that we end up exactly where Boise State was predicted to be. Because after the first four games of the year, did you think Boise State was going to be playing for the Mountain West Championship? Uh, I thought the odds were against it at that point. Yeah, but here they are exactly where the uh, coaches where the uh, media predicted Boise State to be, and playing the team that they were predicted to uh, play, Fresno State. Those were the two teams at the beginning of the season that were expected to play for the Mountain West Championship. Um, the loss, still when you look at the losses, there's only one really bad loss. The El Paso loss was horrible. Yeah. But without the El Paso loss, would we be in the shape that we are in today because that change, that started the multitude of changes. Right that has brought us to where we are at with a new quarterback, a new offensive coordinator, and... A new old offensive coordinator. Or, yeah. <laughs> Oregon State's, um, what are they, 9-3, and 8-3 and three right now? Ranked uh, in the top 25? That's not a bad loss. Um, and the crazy part is I saw uh, one of the, the uh, ESPN pundits this weekend said if Boise State hadn't lost to BYU, they would be in the discussion for the uh, Power 5 bowl game. Well, which would yeah. probably be against Alabama, Oregon. so maybe a good thing we didn't. <laughs> be Oregon BYU. State's Oregon State's eight and three, and uh, <laughs> in their in their conference, they're like fifth. So I mean, the Oregon State—they're ranked in the top twenty-five. That's not considered a bad loss. No. The El Paso, Texas, El Paso, um, UTEP was was a bad loss. Even BYU was not bad because BYU is a good football team, even though they came into the. Broncos game with a five-game losing streak. KBOI News Time 744. Don't forget we have tickets coming up for you this morning to go to Senior Day. That's going on Friday, uh, final 
Regular season home game against Utah State. Listen for your chance to uh, text and win. You'll text the word Broncos. Don't do it now. You won't even be included in the grand prize. It'll be coming up sometime in the 9 o'clock hour, 9.30. Um, just listen for your cue to text, and you could win. Right now, final check out what's going on with sports. It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Don't forget tomorrow, because of the win and after every win, Tuesdays is half-price day for the Blue Bronco. Both locations, East Boise off Gallon and in Meridian off Wells Avenue. Good morning. Boise State clinched the Mountain Division and will host Fresno State in the Mountain West Championship game. That game, by the way, will be held on Saturday, December 3rd. Bob Beeler with more on that for us this morning. The Broncos rallied for a 20-17 win at Wyoming. Boise State ran for over 200 yards for the fifth time in seven games. And Talon Green threw for over 200 yards for the fifth time as well. Four of his completions went to Billy Bowens, including the go-ahead score. You know, we got the look we wanted. Safety rotates over a little and leaves me one-on-one with that corner. You know, I set my route a little higher to give Talon a chance to work with me, and he throws a great ball like Sure enough, you know, when that ball's in there, I just thinking about one thing, go get it. J.L. Skinner had two interceptions in the last two minutes to preserve the win. The Broncos will close the regular season at home Friday morning at 10 against Utah State. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. Turn our attention to Boise State men's basketball. Marcus Shaver notched a 20-point double-double, and the Boise State men's basketball team picked up a great 68-55 victory over Colorado last night to close out the 2022 Myrtle Beach Invitational. Now, with that, Boise State's defense came up big in the second half. They limited the buffs to just 26% shooting from the field, 10% shooting from beyond the arc, and the Broncos closed out the game and went 10-for-10 10 10 at the free-throw line in the final five minutes of the game to seal the deal. Just so you know, the Broncos will return to host Utah Valley Saturday, November 26, 2 p.m. at Extra Mile Arena. Uh, by the way, with the game on Friday for Boise State football, then basketball on Saturday. Looks to be kind of a fun weekend in Boise for sports fans. I'm Rick Worthington. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Good old Cleveland Street. The home over the years has become a holiday staple and one of the top tourist attractions in Cleveland. And now it could be yours for the right price. Putting the house up for sale. Realtor Chad Whitmer says the sale includes a total of seven properties and the current owner is ready for a new venture. The house was bought for $150,000 in 2006. It cost more than $200,000 to restore it back to Ralphie and the Parker family's home that we all remember. Oh, you should see what it looks like from out. Here. No word yet, though, on the exact price. Lionel Moyes, ABC News. You won that. It's a major award. Did they put the, the, the smoking uh, furnace back in there? I'm sure it's back in there. Um, there's actually, it's not just the uh, home, as you heard mentioned there. There's actually over an acre that there are a museum and gift shop sitting on. Mm-hmm. They've got the Christmas Story house, of course, that appears in the movie that is set up just like it is in the movie, and they actually use that as an Airbnb. Let me guess, lamp in the front uh, window? Yeah, lamp in the front. Everything that they had in the original house is still there for, that they had in the uh, movie. Um, and like I said, the cool thing is you can rent that as an Airbnb. They also have the Bumpuses house and uh, parking lot next door. Bumpuses! <laughs> the ones that own the dogs? Yeah, yeah, which, by the way, you can also rent as an Airbnb. Um, they've got uh, the empty lot side okay. yards. What I want to know. Next do- to it. 
Do they have a pole you can stick your tongue to? Um, I don't know if they actually have that or not. Um, the fact that they bought this thing for under $200,000 originally, um, they're going to make a lot of money off this. My guess is with the number of properties um, that they have that are connected this in over an acre, you're, yeah. you're, you're talking millions of dollars and the way that it's set up too. But it's set up, it has the Christmas trees with all the same presents that were under it, the, bowl, <laughs> the blow, bowling ball, the... <laughs> the uh, fire truck and all that stuff. So everything, everything the same, which is the, which the, is kind of cool. The daisy, the uh, I I don't see the daisy, but it, well, if you remember right, it was you, hidden. Yeah, it was hidden anyway. Yeah, yeah. So you didn't really see that until uh, I'm only, after I'm all only, the gifts were opened. I'm up. only, of course, speaking as someone who's seen that movie at least it, fifteen times. I don't care. It is one of the I best know. holiday movies uh, yeah, ever. Kind of gets you in the spirit. I'm interested to see what the new Christmas story movie is going to be like. If it's going to be anywhere close to as good but it's supposed to be out here next week or the week after you know, there already was a sequel that apparently no one saw this one though is a sequel that everybody who's still alive from the first movie stars in so peter billingsley is an adult now really so yeah the people obviously um the dad's not still alive the um, mom's mom's still alive melinda dillon she's Still around, right? Yep, yep. So she's in it. Yeah, um, Darren McGavin died a long time the ago. Dad makes an appearance because you see a picture I saw in uh, the trailer um, where they see a picture of Dad and uh, his friend goes, man, I sure miss your dad. He was great in that movie, by the way, too. I guess so. Zach Ward, who was uh, Scott Farkas, he's he, going to be in it. He is, he is in it also. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, it's coming out here within the uh, next two weeks, weeks a uh, Christmas story sequel. Um, with actually people that might be interested to see the sequel, not like the uh, sequel that came out years ago that nobody did see. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, it is Bronco Monday coming up. We still have that $50 gift certificate to give away uh, to Lock, Stock, and Barrel. If you know the play of the game, stick around. Coming up at about an hour from right now, you'll have a chance to win that. Bob Beeler will be with us talking about the latest game, plus the upcoming game against Utah State. There are questions. This game... For all intents and purposes, other than Boise State looking for a win and trying to remain undefeated in conference play doesn't mean a whole lot in the grand scheme of things. The important game is coming up next week, December 3rd, when they take on Fresno State for the Mountain West Championship. With that question in mind, with as many injuries as Boise State has, especially on the defensive side of the ball, do you rest players for this upcoming game? I'm going to ask Bob Beeler that and see what his thoughts are. And it may be one of the things he's already uh, asked the uh, coach Andy Avalos about, but we'll talk about that and a whole lot more coming up here. Remember, if you want to get through, call us up. You can also email Chris at KBOI.com and Mike at KBOI.com. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. School is uh, out this week. Some people take a long uh, vacation week because of Thursday and Friday being Thanksgiving and Black Friday. Might give you a much better chance at winning our Casper and Chris Damn Near Impossible question this morning. $50 gift certificate to the Brunchettes. you got locations here in the Treasure Valley and McCall. Any one of the Brunchettes you can use this at. If you can answer our question, brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Silverhawk Realty. For any and all information having to do with real estate, call today, 208-888-4128. Prior to the COVID pandemic, Disneyland in California only closed three times in its history. 
What were the reasons the other three times Disneyland closed? I'll tell you, uh, give you one hint. If you're guessing before the 1960s, you're off. Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 807, he's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Thanks for listening in and being a part of the show. Remember, you can always be more of a part of the show if you'd like to participate. Phone lines are open at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless you want to get through, you can uh, also email us, chris at kby.com, mike at kby.com. Text us, same as our main number. Keep in mind that text number because coming up here next hour, you're going to have a chance to pick up your tickets to the uh, upcoming game against Utah State on uh, Friday morning, 10 a.m., pregame activity. Gets underway at 5 in the morning. Rick Worthington and Richie Brocco will be giving that to you, 5 o'clock. So reason to get up early on Black Friday, not just to do shopping, but to uh, get ready for the big game. A lot of sports news. I know we're talking a lot about it, and we've got Bronco uh, Monday coming up here on the way. Um, Need to say congratulations to a former Boise State quarterback and now head coach of the Grey Cup, which is the Super Bowl in Canada. Mm -hmm. Five-and-a-half-point underdogs and trying to uh, make it so that the uh, team that they were up against, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, didn't win the third in a row, third Grey Cup in a row, and we're able to do that this weekend. Congratulations. That was a hell of a game. It sure was. I mean, that's probably going to go down to one of the best Grey Cups, you know, finishes in history, right? This, the injury to the McLeod, Chad going in there, then the, the block field goals, right, and the penalty, you know, we got him stopped down there, and an awesome game. I got to thank my wife first off, my wife and my kids. I spent a lot of time away from with this job, and without her... I'm not here. I'm not going to win this football game. Um, I really appreciate that. And I, I know what you guys go through. I see the sweat equity, the time, the effort, watching Enoch up there crying. How, how, how about yourself? This has been a hell of a journey for you, too. Your first ever start in the CFL, you were in the Great Cup, and you were thrust into the quarterback position. 14 years later, second year as a head coach, now you win it. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Uh, you know, i got to give our hats off to our players, right? We've... We fought through a lot of adversity, especially today, and uh, that was a team win. They didn't panic, right? We showed how mature we became uh, as a football club, so I got to thank my players, and um, they did a heck of a job. Ryan Dinwiddie, once again, talking uh, there after the uh, win in the uh, Grey Cup this weekend. I I bring that up. One reason, number one, Mm -hmm. um, you know, he's a Boise State kind of folkloric hero. Yeah. He had a very uh, good career. He was the head, or he was the uh, starting quarterback, two thousand one, two and three. Boise State's going to be in search of a, an offensive coordinator. Oh, that's a good point. Andy Avalos said he would like to would, uh, name the offensive coordinator before Christmas. I wonder if he would go from head coach in the CFL to offensive coordinator uh, in Boise. That's what I'm wondering. Now, CFL head coaches don't make anything near what NFL head coaches make. I'm not sure what he is currently making, and if that is um, kind of uh, comparable to what uh, a uh, Boise State offensive coordinator, which would make two hundred to $300,000 a year, would be. But it's an interesting thought. Now, what you won't get, unfortunately, with him, you may get a great offensive mind, and obviously he's, you know, head coach of uh, – 
the Canadian Super Bowl, Mm -hmm. you you get some coaching experience there. What you don't get is coaching experience necessarily from United States football. You also don't get from him, at least as of right now, recruiting, which is for an assistant coach, offensive coordinator in the college football world, huge. I just bring up his name because, you know, like I said, former Boise State, and I know Boise State likes to hire from within their program. Dan Whitty was on the the practice roster of the Bears for two years, and then he played uh, for the Hamburg Sea Devils in uh, Germany in the the European League for one year. Uh, Spent three years playing for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in the Canadian League, two years with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and then he was uh, a coach with the Montreal Alouettes for three years, he was a quarterback's coach of the Calgary Stampeders for four, and this is his third year as the head coach of the Toronto Argonauts. And so that's where, that's where Ryan Dinwiddie has been. Does it happen to say how much he uh, makes? Uh, no, it does not mention that. It's just a list. I don't have any inside knowledge. I'm just throwing it out there. As I mentioned, Andy Avalos is on the record as saying that he wants to name an offensive coordinator uh, before the end of the year. So I'm sure he has some names that he has been thinking about. And now that the uh, season is completely uh, over for uh, Canadian Football League, uh, I'm might be something he wants to get back to the United States. Who knows? Know. You never know. Just throwing it out there. Also, uh, we all already know Fresno State going to be coming here. We have two more home games. you got Senior Day coming up next week, which, by the way, we're giving away tickets for all this week. Keep listening. Your chance to text the word Broncos and win coming up in the 9 o'clock hours. Uh, or 9 o'clock hour today. Also, a little bit later this afternoon after 5 o'clock, Nate Schoen will give you a chance. Um, does Fresno State, are they looking forward to uh, playing Boise State coming up here in a couple weeks? Western is a chance, baby. Let's go. Hey, hey. We'll see you in Boise, baby. See you in Boise. Hey, we'll see you in Boise. We'll see you in Boise. Hey, we'll see you in Boise, baby. That's the first one. Let's go. Let's go. Well, so the players, after they won their game this weekend. They do seem to be aware of it. Mm-hmm. So we'll see you in Boise, baby. I don't know if necessarily they were talking to Boise players or if they were talking to their fans. I think they were, sounds like they were just talking to a microphone. Well, microphone won't listen doesn't have ears, so it'd probably be either the fans or Boise State yeah. players. I mean, you know. KBOI News Time is 8.13. Stick around. Coming up here next, Brunchette. $50 gift certificate. Use it at any one of the Brunchettes here in the Treasure Valley or even in McCall if you win. Our Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. We'll get to that coming up right after Bronco Sports today. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. All right, $50 gift certificate to the uh, Brunchettes. Huck House Brunchette, Blue Bench Brunchette, or Brunchette on the Lake in McCall. If you can answer a Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question, brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, local company with the global network. Call 208-888-4128. Max, you're going to get first crack of your question today. Max, prior to the uh, COVID pandemic, Disneyland in California had only closed three times in their history. What were the reasons for the other three times that Disneyland ended up closing? Morning, Mike and Chris. The first was JFK's assassination. The second, the Northridge quake. And third, 9-11. There you go. That is exactly right. And then it's COVID great to be back in Boise, guys. Hey, welcome <laughs> back! And look at that—you're you're back and winning. Congratulations! 
Yes, sirs. All right, fifty dollars gift certificate to uh, Huck, to the Huck House Brunchette, Blue Bench Brunchette, or Brunchette on the Lake in McCall. You can use it at any one of those locations. Hang on the line; we'll get some more info from you. Uh, don't worry if you were one of the people trying to win today. We will uh, give you a chance tomorrow and Wednesday morning. Short week this week, so three days of winning. Uh, by the way, um, COVID pandemic closed 412 days. In the previous 65 years, uh, it was closed a total of, what was it, three, six, nine days? 13, uh, 13 days for all, those, for all those other reasons. Disneyland? Oh, I'm sorry. Three days, yeah, Disneyland. Yeah. It was closed three days total in its first 65 years, then 412 days in the last three years. Wow. Maybe that's so the they reason were, so they, they were fired, just, they they were, they were just CEO. They were just shuttered then for over a year, weren't they? Uh, 18 months. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, because of COVID. So anyway, congratulations. Uh, stick around. We're not done with the winning here today. Bob Beeler will be with us after the bottom of the hour. Bronco Monday on the way. We'll be talking about the latest win, plus the upcoming game against Utah State final home, regular season home game for the Broncos. And we'll also have a $50 gift certificate to Lock, Stock, and Barrel if you know the play of the game. If you do, stick around. Chance to win that coming up before 9 o'clock. Plus, we've got Boise State tickets that we're giving away. You'll text to win your tickets. That's going to happen sometime in the 9 o'clock hour. Be ready to text the word Broncos when you hear that cue to text to 208-336-3700. This is Bronco Monday. The ball is caught for a Bronco touchdown. We'll discuss the most recent Boise State game and discuss the upcoming schedule. Now here's Mike Casper, Chris Walton, and the voice of the Broncos, Bob, Bob Beeler, on your flagship for Bronco football, News Talk, KBOI. 8.38, yes he is, Bob Beeler with us, and uh, I'm going to start out today's Bronco Monday with uh, one exclamation. Hmm. <laughs> you know, there have been a lot of regular season championships that have been clinched for Boise State in my 15 years here. But a lot of them have been kind of anticlimactic. Where at the end of the season, especially in the Peterson era, you know, with more at quarterback, yeah. where you know they go undefeated in the league, and you know they win some game, you know, by forty points. This is a memorable win. I think people are going to remember this game for a long time. And it was, I mean, it was a good game. It was enjoyable to watch um, right there until the final uh, minute and a half or so. <laughs> and then, I mean, you just you just don't see Holani no. this year. That's yeah. his first fumble. Yeah, and, and it's funny because watching the replay and watching and calling the game live, I don't really almost see how he lost the ball. I mean, it just looked like it kind of squirted out of his hands, went straight up. The ball never landed on the ground, and then Devon Harris, the defensive lineman. Picks it up for Wyoming, and fortunately for Boise State, it was a defensive lineman that had the ball, and not like a safety or a cornerback. And you know, Still when you look at, well, he though. did, and he got down to the twenty-one yard line, and it's like, oh my, he, this, he, this this not only could be a tie, and we go to overtime, but you know, this game could be lost. I, I want to bring that up because I think that is one of the um, unheralded plays of the game. I know mm. the interception was a big deal. Um, but I mean, he had blockers in front of him, and there's only one person that could have stopped him. And I think that goes unheralded. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he doesn't stop him. Boise State probably doesn't win that game because there was a 40... minute. I, there was 45 seconds left when he was pushed out yeah. of bounds. So probably if he makes it to the end zone, let's say it takes another two seconds, three seconds. So there's 42 seconds left. You would have been in a situation with I think they had two timeouts left, but it would have been a lower percentage probably than winning the BYU game because yeah. you would have had less time. I think it was about a minute 45 in the BYU game, 
and they didn't get it. Now, different opponent, different you know, different scenario. I mean, it's possible, but uh, no, I, I, this, the 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 play that Green pushed him out of bounds. You're right, is one of those plays that probably should get a lot more credit than than it has because you know if if Green kind of gave up on the play or if, or if they done a better job blocked, of blocking yeah. him at that. Uh, at that fumble, I mean, I know, I know it. You know, it was cold, and all the windows in my neighborhood were closed. But I swear, I heard my neighbor go, "You've got to be kidding!" Me. <laughs> I, I said those same exact words. We're sitting there watching. Yeah. You've got to be kidding me! You just don't think that Holani's gonna, yeah, gonna fumble there. I, I, I actually say, think that I, I stayed on the play better than sometimes you think you do because you're not expecting that at all. And mm. and the first thing you do is you're scrambling for who has the ball for Wyoming. Unfortunately, right. the number was. Big enough, and the way he was turned, it was easy to spot who it was. So yeah. at least you know you come up with the name. But you know sometimes it's like you're just sitting there. And you're like, this is not what you expect to no, have happen. No, um, thrilling final minute and nine seconds. I will also say, I mean, there's been plays all year long since Bachmeyer went out, especially in the first couple of games where I'm going, Bachmeyer never would have made that play. He would have been <laughs> sacked or whatever. I don't believe Bachmeyer would have ran down this guy no. had he been quarterback for the in this particular. No, season. and and not, I don't mean to. It's not like trying to throw shade no, at, at no, Hank, but you no. got a guy that, and he's also when you're trying to push a defensive lineman and kind of guide him out of bounds. Green at six six is a pretty good sized guy, so he's got a yeah. chance to do that. Not that Hank is a small guy, but he's not as big as Green. But I mean, you know, you you talk about that. Boise State quarterbacks have been sacked thirteen times this year, which is I think the lowest in the Mountain West. Because they got zero against Wyoming, Green was not sacked. Green in seven starts has been sacked four times. Bachmeyer in 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 four starts was sacked six times, and there's two sacks that go to Vidlak when he's been in there as a as a backup. Mm-hmm. So to to your point, Green has done a nice job of escaping pass rush, but I also think he's done a better job, especially for a first year starter, of throwing the ball away when he needs to, which is something probably that. Hank probably could have done yeah. a little better. I even made a, a note of that during the game as my wife and I were watching it, and I'm going, that was a smart play right there. Mm-hmm. No, He threw it away. He waited, waited till he's just about to yeah. be sacked and said, all right, I'm just going to throw it away and mm-hmm. live to play on the yeah. next down. Yeah, and I think the, the receivers have also improved. I yes. mean, we, we've, we've heard a lot yeah. about Green, but the receivers are a lot better. There is not a Khalil Shakir on this team, and, and that shouldn't go as a surprise to anyone. But, I mean, every game it seems like, okay, Capel's had five catches. Bowen's had four. He had the most yardage, 77. Uh, and then uh, when you look at uh, Cobb's had a couple of catches. Uh, excuse me, I'm looking at the quarter stats. Let me get the right. Capel's had five. Bowen's had four. Helani had three out of the backfield. Three other guys had two. And one of them was Cobb's, and he got hurt. I think it was in the first half. Um, my question would be, you know, as you mentioned, it's like the receivers are better. But are they better because Green is playing better than i mean yeah. green didn't play that well in the first couple of games either as far as passing correct um but man what he's thrown 250 yards uh at least 250 yards in the last three games right yeah he's been over 205 of the seven games he started and you're right he's been about 250 regularly and then you throw that on 200 rushing because boise state has had in the five, in his seven starts they've had 200 rushing five of the seven games and if you want to find 200 rushing for boise state the previous 26 games to Green coming in as a starter, they did it once. That, <laughs> once! That, it goes back into 2019. That also can improve your passing game. Yeah. <laughs> right. Kind of I mean, if, if you're worried that, you know, that Halani's going to get 100 yards, you're worried about Genty getting 100 yards, you're worried about Green going around the corner, I think it kind of forces the defense to be a little more honest. 
I think it was pass first. That was the attitude when when Hank was the right. The I think so. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And and not really anymore. No, I think it's more of a run first, and then yeah. and then the the pass game comes off the run. Where I think it was kind of the other way around when when Hank was here. But you know, good coaching finds ways to use whatever talent they have. Like I think Boise State's coaching totally staff, Andy agree. Avalos totally is going to get yeah. coach of the year this year. Because of what he did to, how many, to win the regular season. How many times have you seen a good running quarterback get into a situation where they demand that he stay in the pocket and mm-hmm. he's not successful? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to find what your people do and accentuate what they do, and they've done a great job of that. We'll take a break. It is Bronco Monday. We're talking about the latest game. One more uh, final regular season uh, game that we'll be talking about. We'll also talk to the coach and come back. Now back to Bronco Monday on your flagship for Bronco football. News Talk KBOI. Forget coming up, play of the game, $50 gift certificate to Lock, Stock, and Barrel. If you listened in post-game, Rick Worthington chose that for you. We'll give you a chance to uh, win that $50 gift certificate coming up. Once again, as we are every Monday morning, Bob Beeler with us talking about the most uh, recent game. Against Wyoming. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, when you do the post-game show and you interview a couple of players and, and the coach after the game, so much more fun when your team ends up coming <laughs> up with an exciting win. I bet. And uh, we had a chance to visit with Coach Avalos, Billy Bowens, who caught the uh, go-ahead touchdown for the win, and then J.L. Skinner, who caught two interceptions in the last uh, two minutes of the game to save the game not only once but twice. So we'll start with Coach Avalos as Boise State goes to 7-0 and in the Mountain Division, wins the division uh, plays Utah State, then plays Fresno State for the championship here on December 3rd, and just ask him his overall impressions of the Bronco win. We didn't start off the game very fast on defense. Obviously, we did not have a great first quarter. and um, You know, we're working through building, rebuilding some of the guys that are playing in the front, and it was just awesome to see all, all the guys stay together. And, you know, J.L. came up huge there at the end with two interceptions, and uh, um, did a, he's done a much better job, you know, using his eyes to see routes and play play uh, route trees and progressions and stuff like that. We need, we'll need him to continue to do that down the stretch. So, again, that's Coach Avalos' overview of the game. Uh, we'll hit one play from the offensive side, one from the defensive side. And we'll start with Billy Bowens. He had a 38-yard touchdown catch from uh, Green, come with a 7 minutes and 20 seconds left to put Boise State up three, and this was him talking about the winning play. Oh, man, uh, what a play call. You know, we got the look we wanted. Um, you know, safety rotates over a little, leaves me one-on-one with that corner. You know, I set my route a little higher to give Taylor a chance to work with me, and he throws a great ball. Like I said, I just try to tell him to give me a chance, you know, just give us a chance, put it in somewhere we can go make a play for you. And sure enough, you know, when that ball's in there, I just thinking about one thing, go get it. The ball was a little bit underthrown, but he knew exactly where mm-hmm. it was, came back, and as he said, Green gave him a chance, made the catch, and Boise State was ahead. And then J.L. Skinner had two interceptions plus a pass deflection late in the game, and he talked about just his ability to get to the ball and uh, make the plays. Uh, just going off of my man, uh, following the things that he's doing, and then uh, when the time comes, you never know when it's going to come, but as long as you're ready when the play does come, you know, that it usually works in your favor. So I was just locked into my keys and all those plays, and it worked in my favor that time. And I think looking at the, the two interceptions, the, the first one, the one that was more around midfield, he read that play, looked like all the way, because he jumped the route yeah. and came in front of the receiver. The second one, I thought the more difficult thing for him was making sure he kept his foot inbound in the end zone, because it looked like the way the ball was thrown past the receiver, 
it looked like they almost maybe were throwing it away, or he looked like the receiver because it was more right to him, and I think it was tougher to probably catch it and stay in bounds than it was uh, where the first one. I think he really had to read the play. Probably helps that he was six foot three and had really <laughs> long arms too. Not really yeah. bad. You know, to be fast, <laughs> strong, and and smart. Those are all attributes yeah. that that help you make those you, plays. You don't see too many uh, players like that playing defense in the Mountain West that are six three or six four. And I think that's one of the reasons he's been invited to the Senior Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the other thing, too, I mean, he had a busy game because it, it looked like because of the lack of ability for Boise State to stop with just the front mm-hmm. four and the linebackers to stop the run because, I mean, they gashed us multiple times on the run. They were bringing up J.L. Skinner to try and help stop that run. So, he, I mean, he played really well. Yes, he game. did. I think it was his best game of the season, obviously. But I think especially against Fresno State and Hayner in two weeks. We got to get Washington and Noah healthy. I know, I agree. Because Boise State had 21 sacks going into the last game, heading into the Nevada game. They got four in that game. But of the 21 sacks heading into the Nevada game, 13 of them were out. Noah, Washington, and Tarlis accounted for 13 of the 21 sacks. Now, Tarlis is not coming back. They've not ruled out Washington or Noah. So. You know, I think you're probably going to take a chance on you know sitting people if you need to this week against Utah State because you don't need to win this game to be the home team in the championship. That's already decided. But, boy, would not be nice to have those two guys yeah. who had a good season before being hurt, uh, those two guys to have against Fresno. We uh, mentioned that Fresno, this is a completely different team than what played here that mm-hmm. Boise State beat pretty handily. Um, just even with Hayner back, it makes a big difference. Oh. But they have their best defensive player back, as you mentioned. Well, if people want to take, think about it. Think how different the Boise State team is with Green for Bachmeyer. Yeah. Okay. Yep. The backup quarterback Fife played, so you're looking at an all-conference caliber quarterback that's back. That makes a big difference. All right, we'll uh, be back here in just a second. Uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll talk about the uh, what we can to expect the rest of the week. Also, uh, we've got that fifty dollars gift certificate to Lock, Stock, and Barrel coming up here in just a couple minutes. Now back to Bronco Monday on your flagship for Bronco football. News Talk, KBOI. All right, short week this week means there is no Bronco Tuesday. What else do we have uh, coming up this week? The coaches show this week is going to be Wednesday night because we're not going to run it on Thanksgiving. It'll be Wednesday at 7 o'clock, 5 a.m. Friday. Thank goodness I'm not on the first part of the Bronco (laughs) game day. But I'll have to be on the air with my part at uh, 9 o'clock pregame. But kickoff's going to be at 10 a.m. Don't oversleep on Black Friday against Utah State. And uh, we'll have basketball Saturday, a game men's basketball against Utah Valley. That'll be at 2 o'clock. Speaking of basketball, what started out as a horrific (laughs) first uh, half, um, only scoring 11 points, if you uh, didn't pay attention, Boise State actually had a very good road trip in the Myrtle Beach Classic. Yeah, they did. And the offense woke up in kind of in the second half of the Charlotte game. They weren't able to win. That was Friday night. Excuse me, Thursday night. Friday night, they beat Loyola of Chicago badly, 70-48, to and then come back for a solid 13-point win over Colorado, who's a pretty Pac-12 good team in the Pac-12. Yeah. So Boise State this season, 2-0 and against the Pac-12, and uh, 1-0, and well, actually 2-0 and against teams that have made the Final Four. Charlotte made oh, the Final Four with Cornbread that, Maxwell yeah, back, back in the, in the day, Yeah, exactly. 
So yeah, oh, excuse me, they lost that one. I'm right. sorry, one on one. Yeah, one on one against. Final I like four. it when we beat them. <laughs> um, was pretty nice though, ending up uh, two and one on the road trip and uh, looking much better than yeah. they did early in the season. Yeah, ba- so. basketball you can go from good to bad or bad to good pretty quickly. Yep, yep, and they're still finding themselves. I know yeah. there's a lot of new players on the team. Uh, coming up here for you, uh, once again, as you mentioned, we've got tickets all today. We have tickets coming up here, text to win on the way, um, coming up here in, what, half an hour, 45 minutes? You might want to be listening in. Uh, text to win, the, the word Broncos to win that. Right now, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Play of the day is uh, coming up here for you today. Um, if you know the play of the game, you probably had to listen to this one. I mean, there are, there are a couple different plays you could choose from. Um, but if you listen into Rick Worthington, you know the play of the game. Go ahead and give us a call right now. First person to answer correctly. We have that $50 gift certificate to Lock, Stock, and Barrel. By the way, we will have a $50 gift certificate coming up next Monday, once again, after that game. And because the Boise State Broncos are in the Mountain West Championship, we will have another Lock, Stock, and Barrel gift certificate to give away after the Mountain West game on December 3rd. So uh, lots of reasons to uh, continue to listen in to the post game. And once again, make sure you're listening in coming up this week. Wanted to quickly ask, we have a couple more minutes here. Um, Ryan Dinwiddie, any chance you see him coming back and giving up head coaching to maybe be the offensive coordinator for Boise State? <laughs> I don't know what 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 job he would you know I don't know about the money in the Canadian League yeah we that's you know, one thing he, we talked about does he enjoy too. being a head coach does he enjoy living in Toronto I mean what does you know what does Boise State think of him so yeah. as a coach so we'll I know, see I know somebody's going to get that job yeah and somebody is going to have an awful lot of offensive guys back next year to work with <laughs> they could be looking really good all right thanks Bob appreciate it. 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 906. Just uh, gave you a chance to call in, try to identify the KBOI play of the game. Rick Worthington chooses it for you after every game. You listen in on the post game. You know exactly what it is. Or you can do like some people and just try and guess. Uh, Jana, Jana, rather, um, you're going to get first crack at it. Did you actually listen to Rick Worthington and the post game to get this? No, I didn't, but I saw the game and I think I know what the. Um... <laughs> Of the game is all right. Well, uh, let's see if you actually do. Uh, do describe to us what is the play of the game. Once again, the one thing we tell you: you have to be specific okay. on this. Okay, that would be JL Skinner's interception in the end zone. Clements trying to put them in front, going for the end zone, and he threw another interception. Skinner has it again. Skinner with another interception. And Clemens threw it away into double coverage. And Boise State will have the ball back, leading by three, 20 to 17. Unbelievable. <laughs> Congratulations. You guessed that and you won. And Thank you. The reason why we said you had to be specific is because J.L. Skinner had an interception about a minute and nine seconds before that. Um, yes, so you I had know to, that. You That's had to pick right. the... Precise interception. Congratulations. You got a $50 gift certificate to Lock, Stock, and Barrel for knowing the play of the game. Even though you didn't listen in, you guessed it correctly, which is perfectly fine. Hang on the line. We'll get some information from you. Uh, don't forget, Lock, Stock, and Barrel, by the way, every Sunday uh, you can get their prime rib special. $50 prime rib dinner 
and all the fixings for two. Most places, if you'll get a prime rib uh, dinner, it's going to cost you $50 wow. just for one. I might even bring somebody with me. There you go. Prime rib dinner for two. So that $50 will cover that. We'll have another chance for you to get a $50 gift certificate coming up next Monday. Make sure that if you don't want to guess, sometimes it's a little more difficult to try and guess the play of the game. Um, but you have a chance to uh, win another $50 gift certificate coming up next Monday morning. Don't forget, next Monday morning we'll also be broadcasting live. Uh, the Idaho's largest toy drive gets underway this Friday. So um, 12 days of Christmas, Monday begins uh, the Casper and Chris show live out in front of Sportsman's Warehouse on Fairview. So we'll be there in the, uh, hopefully, the heater is working, the comfort and warmth <laughs> of a motorhome um, next Monday. But as I said, that gets underway Friday. Still on the way for you this hour. More Bronco winning to happen sometime before 10 o'clock. Listen for your chance to text and win the word, uh, text and win all you have to do is text the word Broncos to 208-336-3700, and we'll choose one person at random from everybody we text. Now, the people that have already texted this morning, you're not included. So uh, for whatever reason, if you were texting early, like you, you didn't think you were going to be listening at that time or whatever, we only take the people who listen and are texting after we announced that text to win. So don't text us now. Another chance for you to uh, text and win coming this afternoon with Nate Shellman, too. That'll be coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Phone lines are open, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can also email chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. News story we mentioned a little bit earlier and talked about this morning, plus you just heard it, top of the hour news with Rick Worthington, uh, retired Boise police captain, one of multiple officers who had brought forward allegations about former Chief Ryan Lee. Scheduled to speak at a conference this past weekend held by an organization known for white supremacist views. Matthew Bringelson, who retired in August after nearly 24 years with the Boise Police Department, appeared on American Renaissance Conference speaker list under the apparent pseudonym Daniel Vineyard. Really? Here's my question. A pseudonym? Yeah. If you're, if you're perfectly fine and you believe in what you're saying and you know, are appearing about this in this conference because, you know, you're 100% behind it. Why do you have to use a fake name? Why not put your name behind it? If you're, um, if you're proud. I, probably just because of the, uh, I mean, it's one thing to be proud of something. It's another to let everybody know it and then open yourself to uh, ridicule, criticism, and, and danger, I would imagine. Post on the site focus on white superiority and arguments that people of color are inherently less intelligent than white people and contribute more to crime and other societal ills. The conference was held in person in Burns, Tennessee. Blog posts that appear to be authored by Bringleson include him recounting the point in his police career when he became aware of the violent tendencies of blacks. On the conference webpage, he described... He's described as a retired race realtist, realtist, realist, realist. There, police officer with 30 years of experience, including gang enforcement, SWAT, and narcotics detective. Mayor Laura McLean posted. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, comment he's, on Twitter. He's not a Boise police officer anymore. No, he retired after 24 years on the force. Mayor McLean on Twitter said, uh, this weekend I learned of a retired Boise Police Department officer, Matt Bringelson's participation in a white nationalist conference and his ongoing contribu- uh, contributions to racist dehumanizing propaganda. The fact that such an individual could serve in the department for two decades is appalling. 
The people of Boise deserve police department worthy of their investment and trust, and we are launching a full investigation accordingly. My question is this, because I do find it appalling, you know, that somebody like that, unless it's just recently, right before he retired, had these tendencies. It's also, if he had these tendencies and it was never called out by anybody else in the police department and they knew about it, I also find that a little troubling. And I'm yeah, not saying I suppose that, that, so. That, I wonder if it if it ever did, you know, come to the surface. That's what I wonder too. I would hope that it never did. It would seem weird that you're there for 25 years and nothing like that had ever come up. You and I, you know, in in our lives, I'm speaking for you, but I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Um, I can say say it. We've been around racists before. Oh yeah. It's not necessarily something that you're hiding. You know, especially when you way. think you're, Let's put it you're this in way. a... Some people hide it. Some people don't even care about hiding it. Yeah. Uh, what I'm talking about, even the people that care about hiding it, you know, there are times in what they think is a private conversation where it will come up. And I, even if it is a private conversation within a police department or within a police cruiser or whatever, I would hope that if, well, this, if this had happened, that somebody would have brought it up and it's an easy it's an it, it's an easy thing and it, it's it's why i guess uh, you don't really consider people like that to be terribly smart is because a smart person knows that you don't take everybody who fits into a particular group and give them and attribute to them all the same qualities you know what i mean mm-hmm. i mean it, not everybody who's the same age as you is exactly like you despite the fact that they've been alive the you know the same uh, amount of time not everybody who uh, is an Idaho native is the same as either one of us. We're not exactly the same. He's he was smart enough to be a police officer in the Boise Police Department for twenty four years. Well, I'm not saying that uh, I'm not saying that he's not smart. I'm no, just I'm, saying not, that I'm not saying you did. That racism is, is an attribute that you don't necessarily attribute to intelligent people. I haven't heard the end of this story. I'll pretty much guarantee, even though. As we uh, mentioned, he is no longer a police officer, thank goodness, because I don't think he would be a police officer for very much longer had he not retired as of yet. Well, it'd be like those guys in, in Charlottesville. As soon as they all appeared on television, everywhere they worked, fired them. Uh, Bringelson, by the way, retired from the Boise Police, Police Department in just August of this year, alleging he couldn't physically do it anymore, that according to KDVB, which initially published an article publicizing Complaints against Lee. He was one of the people that had made complaints against Lee. Said I was torn because I was so dedicated to the city and the community and the 110 or so officers that I was captain over, but I just couldn't physically do it anymore. Bringelson allegedly had a mental health breakdown in September of 2021. It was described by employees as being manic and suicidal. And the plot thickens. Mm Mm-hmm. So the mayor has said uh, an investigation will uh, be undertaken by the city. And uh, I'm sure, that, like as I mentioned, uh, this is not a story that's going to go away anytime soon. As well, it probably shouldn't. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a break here. It is uh, 915. If you want to email us, you can also uh, email us, mike at kboi.com, chris at kboi.com. Uh, When we come back, 
Biden used the uh, Colorado Springs shooting already yesterday to push gun control again. We'll talk a little bit about that shooting and uh, your thoughts. Um, your your input is why Colorado's red flag laws didn't work in this particular instance. We'll do that when we come back. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Police in Colorado Springs are still trying to figure out what motivated a 22-year-old suspect to open fire inside the city's only gay nightclub. Five people were killed, dozens more injured. ABC's Alex Stone is there with more on the possible reasons why. On the surface, it looks like a hate crime, but the alleged shooter has almost no social media footprint. And Colorado Springs Mayor John Souther says why the gunman opened fire is not yet known. has the trappings of a hate crime. Uh, but uh, we're going to have to see what the investigation follow, uh, shows in terms of you know, social media and things like that. The alleged shooter had a standoff with police last year, but under Colorado law, details of that are limited. Alex Stone, ABC News, Colorado Springs. Police say two patrons of the club were able to wrest a handgun from the gunman. They used it to stop him, pin him down, and hold him there until police arrived. Investigators say they saved multiple lives with their heroic actions. Sherry Preston, ABC News. 208-336-3700. President Joe Biden didn't wait very long to uh, utilize the Colorado shootings to push his gun control agenda. He admitted that there is yet to be a motive established in the shooting, but declared we need to enact an assault weapons ban now. Five people killed. Another 25 injured in the uh, tragic shooting at the uh, club. The suspect, 22 years old, I'm not going to give his name, reportedly burst into the club began shooting at people. The uh, two people, patrons at the uh, nightclub, were able to subdue the gunman before even more people could be harmed. Colorado Springs Police Chief Adrian Vasquez says that the man used a long rifle in the shooting and two firearms were also found at the uh, scene. The investigation is in its infancy and the motive is yet to be determined by authorities. Shooter. This is this is the crazy part now, and the reason why I tie this in with with Biden, because as a president, you would expect him to go, "We got to do something," because any president would say that. Um, pushing a, a gun uh, assault weapons ban again, without even mentioning the fact that Colorado has pretty strict red flag laws. Yeah, and I bring up the red flag laws because a year and a half before he was arrested in the Colorado Springs nightclub shooting. The man allegedly threatened his mother with a homemade bomb, forcing neighbors and surrounding homes to evacuate while the bomb squad and crisis negotiators talked him into surrendering. He had also in the past threatened to shoot his mother. Yet despite that, there's no public record that prosecutors move forward with felony kidnapping, menacing charges against the man, or that police or relatives tried to trigger Colorado's red flag law that would have allowed authorities to seize the weapons and ammo that the man's mother says he had with him. Which quite often... If if they decide you're just all talk and no action, they won't uh, prosecute, you know, because technically you haven't done anything. Except threaten to blow up a city block. Just because you don't have a bomb doesn't make that not a, a threat. I mean, they closed down the block. Mm-hmm. Here's, well, so, here's, here's what they'll, should be mentioned. They'll arrest him, but they won't hold him very long. Here's what should be mentioned. This is what red flag laws are for. How about how about enforcing the laws that are already on the books to see if that works first? 
Biden didn't even mention, hey, let's make sure that the laws are enforced. Duke University sociologist Jeffrey Swanson, an expert in red flag laws, said that the Colorado Springs case could be yet another missed warning sign that we've seen recently. He said, quote, this seems like a no-brainer. If the mom knew he had guns, he said, if you removed firearms from the situation, if you have threats that seem to be viable in the past, you could have had a different outcome to this story. Yes, I know you could have. That's a lot of should-haves, would-haves, and could-haves. However, supposedly, for Colorado, who enacted their red flag law years ago, this is what red flag laws are supposed to do. True. Take guns away from people who might be a threat. But to this day, they still don't necessarily put people in jail because of what they think they're going to do. No. And I'm not saying that he should be as George Carlin pointed out years ago, if they did... They would put an awful lot of politicians in prison right now. And I'm not saying that he should be uh, have been put in, in jail. Red flag laws are designed to make it so that you can't have rifles and ammunition. True. Guns and ammunition. Doesn't put you in prison. Doesn't put you in jail. But for all those people who are claiming, oh my gosh, we need red flag laws. We need an assault weapon ban. If you're not going to enforce them, why do you need more laws? Yeah, that's a good point. It is a good point because... Uh, I mean, you know, the, the argument to that is uh, so you take away somebody's rights just because they're, well, they say dumb stuff. And, and you would say, well, yeah, threats are, are a little more than just dumb stuff. Mm-hmm. 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, you can email Mike at KBY.com, Chris at KBY.com, as I mentioned. Your thoughts, what do you think? By the way, uh, email in from Drew says, uh, Daniel Vineyard is a character from American History X. Interesting choice in uh, an alias. Kind of an interesting choice, yeah. Hmm. And once again, like I said, if you're proud and you feel good about what you're spouting, why do you have to use an alias? A pseudonym. 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Don't forget, uh, still on the way. Next half hour. Sometime you're going to have a chance to text the word Broncos. 208-336-3700. Don't text us now. Wait till you hear that cue to text. You can be the next person to win a pair of tickets to the game against Utah State on Friday. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 9.33, you heard it. That cue to text. Have you been waiting all morning long or you've been one of the many people who have been texting the word Broncos before cue to text? (laughs) Retext because we don't count yours if you uh, text us the word Broncos before you heard that cue to text. You've got about 10 minutes or so right now. If you want to text in and haven't done so yet, 208-336-3700. Text the word Broncos, and uh, you can get in on that. We will choose one person at random. By the way, if you don't get through today, you will have another chance to uh, win coming up here this afternoon with Nate Shellman after uh, 5 o'clock. He'll have another chance for you to text and win. But right now, go ahead and... Text us. You can get those tickets. Senior day, by the way. Mm-hmm. Final uh, regular season home game, so it will be senior day coming up against Utah State. Even though we know they get to play one more time yes. in the stadium. I, you know, my question is to to, to that. It, it kind of sucks that senior day is not going to have uh, a huge amount of people from Boise State there. Uh, because well, it's, Boise it's, State's it's not, classes are out. True, And it's not going to have uh, as much meaning as uh, a game where they're you know fighting for first place. And I don't I don't necessarily mind the meaning, but for the seniors, it would have been cool since especially that you know Boise State has another home game and I I get it, it's the Mountain West game, but 
at least all the, you know, students will be back. You're yeah. going to have a huge student contingent will be back for that game. It would have been nice to do senior day on that game instead of a game when most of the students are going to be home because of Thanksgiving. True. I don't um, know if they could have changed it or not. But. Instant message from Fudge who says, Colorado Springs Mayor John Southers said relatives of the suspect have not been cooperating with investigators. Yes, proud family. Six son? No way. <laughs> so they, they, may, they may not even be acknowledging that what happened happened. Yeah. He also uh, wrote in to me, In Casper world, how long should a president wait to demand gun control measures after a senseless slang with a wrong, uh, long rifle? Thank you. Um, I don't know if you uh, heard me or not. Apparently, you didn't pay attention very well when I talked. I said, I get it. Any president would come out and say the senseless thing. Um, But like I said, the one thing he never mentioned at all, and I'm very adamant about, start enforcing the laws that we already have in the books before you start calling for new laws on the books. And that's the red flag law that this person should not have had been able to have guns. Yeah. He'd, he'd threatened to shoot people and blow people up before. There were no charges filed by the prosecutor, but red flag laws should have taken over. This person should not have had a gun. Enforce those laws before you start taking people's, as some people would believe, Second Amendment right away or calling for it to be taken away. Again, it's... What's Eric Clapton? It's in the way that you use it. Mm-hmm. A gun by itself is not illegal. Having a gun, owning a gun, shooting a gun, it's, you know, using it uh, in a way that it's not supposed to be used. Despite what it's, you know, built perfectly for. Curtis writes in, Mike at KBY.com says, uh, Chris, they actually do arrest people for saying dumb things. If I turn around and say, oh, I'm going to blow up the president, you could bet that I'm going to have Secret Service at my door within a matter of hours. Yeah, that's true. I should take that that back. (laughs) Yeah. They arrest people for saying dumb things all the time. However, you know, if if you get a reputation for just saying dumb things all the time and never doing anything, it'll be like the boy who cried wolf. You know, eventually when they should be arresting you, they won't. I know we're going to probably find out here the investigation is is early part of this but I, I guarantee that the prosecutors in this instance were you know no charges were filed we're, we're going to find out the information uh, as to why no charges were filed if they have evidence you know that he threatened to blow his mom up with a bomb if they i mean they cleared the block and did a bomb search with well, and, and you know, on the Bomb other hand, though, dogs. if they determined that he was slightly mentally ill or even just manic depressed, they said the guy was manic at some mm-hmm. point, right? If if they thought he was uh, uh, bipolar, then uh, they may have let him go because of that, or just you know not prosecuted because of right. that reason. And I and I totally get that. But once again, under the rules of a red flag law, that would even be more. Yeah. Proof that you should have been taking any weapons and ammunition that he had away. And I'm I'm sorry. This is one of those instances. And and I've I mean I'm pro Second Amendment. I haven't hid that in any way, shape, or form. So I'm curious for those of you. And I know we have people that are even more pro Second Amendment than I am. <laughs> um, in this particular instance, if you are seriously Oh, Second Amendment. Do you have a problem with guns being taken from people like this? People who murder other people or people who just... People who threaten oh, other okay. people 
I mean, you you saw what happened in this instance. Yes, this person now that he has murdered and shot people should well, never you know, be able to ever have a gun. But I'm talking about hindsight. Up to this. Yeah, in 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 hindsight, yes, we should have taken his gun away. On the other hand, what right did we have to do that at the time? Well, red flag laws in Colorado. Uh, yeah, I mean, quite frankly, this is what spells out a reason that we've mentioned this morning. This guy shouldn't have guns. And I know people are completely against red flag laws whatsoever. I get that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious if, if you are pro-Second Amendment, and I'm talking really pro-Second Amendment, you don't think that, you know, I mean, you believe in your rights shall not be infringed on. People, you know, I mean, it's common for people just to misuse things. There are people, you have a right to have a gun. There are people in this country who shouldn't have one, but they have a right to have one. There are people in this country that should not have a driver's license, but they have one. Um, I I probably shouldn't have DoorDash. <laughs> We're going to use red flag laws to take away Chris's DoorDash. Oh, it's like the middle of the afternoon. Yeah, I'm bored. Let's order pizza. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred. Sean in Wilder. Uh, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Uh, yeah, I had a question for you guys. Uh, I was reading something about this weekend that they released that guy that hit all those people down there in California, the recruits or sold whatever they were. Um, why they released him when he, and said they didn't have the evidence to arrest him? From what I understand, from what I understand, yeah, from what I understand, apparently he. I don't, and I don't know. More investigation is going to have to come out on this, but apparently he, the vehicle went out of control, and he could not control the vehicle. Allegedly, he was heard screaming, "I can't control the vehicle. The vehicle's out of control." So that's that's all I've heard. Now I don't know how much of that is true. I well, don't know was, what the investigation he was originally has shown. he was originally arrested for attempted yeah, murder. Of yeah, course. because he did he did hit somebody, but. Um, that's, uh, from what I've heard, that's the allegations are and why he may have been released in that he lost control of the vehicle through no fault of his own and couldn't control uh, the vehicle. And I don't know if that's true. I'm just saying what, what I have seen reported and that might lend to why he was possibly released and not true. Uh, okay. I was just wondering, cause I mean, obviously if you're going down the wrong, wrong way of the road and Hit a bunch of people. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's yeah. a lot yeah, of laws that, were yeah, broke that, that's, right there. That's kind of a big piece of evidence, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it didn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, that's, that's what I kind of thought. I mean, how do you go down the wrong well, way and, the, and hit a bunch of people the, and then not get arrested? <laughs> before before I heard that he'd been arrested, the last thing I had, had read about it was that the investigators uh, basically believed that the crash was intentional after, yeah. they, after they interviewed about 40 people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was just kind of wondering. I just had read something. I didn't. I didn't know if there was anything else they had released or what. But I just kind of thought it was pretty funny. Kind of like you know the red flag laws. If we aren't going to uphold the laws and and you know <laughs> do things to these people that are doing crazy things, I mean, what what good is the law is there for? Yeah. Yeah. And, and like I said, there's more in that investigation. I haven't heard anything um, flat out 100 percent that has been confirmed. Um, so I'm sure we're, this is one of those things we're going to get more on the investigation, just like we are with the uh, shooting in Colorado Springs. Um, also, as we continue the investigation, we have so much of these investigations going on now at the University of Idaho, too. Thank you for the call, Sean.
Uh, Jim writes in, Mike, at KVOI.com, maybe, just maybe, the family wants nothing to do with the shooter and have nothing to say to investigators. He attempted to kill his mother. Perhaps just maybe the family had warned authorities that he was a threat and nothing was done. There we go. It is nearly impossible in this country to get help for family members who have mental issues, so don't judge the family too harshly until we do have the facts. That's from Jim. And you're right. Just maybe they did warn authorities, although I don't know how much more you would want to to warn them in the fact that he'd already been found to be manic. He'd already been found to make a uh, threat to blow up his mom and to shoot her. Do you really need the family to say, hey, why didn't you think he was a serious threat? Well, it's like, well, we thought you would have assumed that with everything yeah. that <laughs> the evidence that has happened. Strange situation. Yeah. Um, Lauren writes in, Mike at KBY.com, uh, this retired cop speaking under a pseudonym in a white power rally backs my opinion that the Boise cops who complained about Chief Lee were bitter and went after McLean and Lee using the left's trigger words. They cried bullying, harassment, and abusive workplace. They were bitter right-wing older cops who did not like the young left. New chief who sided with uh, our left-leaning female mayor. These uh, older tough cops claiming they were bullied is the funniest thing I've heard. John. Hard to say. I I just want to make a comment on that in the fact that he did choke an individual and, and break his neck, correct? Trying to give a chokehold demonstration. Well, yeah. I mean, supposedly it was just a chokehold demonstration and it went slightly awry and, and the guy had a, got a broken bone in his neck. Right. It wasn't like he's, you know, paralyzed. But I don't, I, I don't know why a chief of police is giving a demonstration on chokeholds. Maybe that thing is absolutely normal. It seems a little weird to me that it's a chief of police that would be demonstrating. I think you would have had an expert in there. Seems to me if the guy's about to get a broken neck, you should say, okay, here's the way you should never do it. Well, and that's that's the other reason why I bring that up, because chokeholds are not allowed by the Boise Police Department. So at the very least, you should have been going, this is what not to do, not how to do it, correct? Yeah, I suppose. Maybe he was doing that. I don't know. I don't know either. It was just a demonstration, so demonstration could mean anything. This is a demonstration on how to break a police ch- chief, or police officer's neck. Probably that wasn't what he said. <laughs> Again, just a guess. John wrote in, and this is on a previous subject. We had been talking about the fact that Disney, uh, on Sunday night, uh, changed their uh, CEO. They basically, well, the, the other CEO stepped down. They kind of fired him, but he stepped down, and they got their previous CEO, who had retired or quit three years ago, uh, because they, I guess, what was in the last quarter or the last year, whatever, they lost a billion and a last half dollars. Quarter, last quarter, $1.5 yeah. billion. Dollars. A billion and a half dollars. Uh, and they also raised the uh, price of getting into Disneyland by like 80 bucks per person for, for a day pass. Anyway, John wrote in to say, I say today, Disney doesn't understand there are many more options that are family-oriented. If people do go, they definitely don't want to be preached to about how they think you should think within your face propaganda. We get enough of that without going there. Most folks used to go to Disney parks to escape the outside world. Definitely don't want more in-your-face politics of current. Now, I haven't been there since the 90s. Uh, Is that what they're doing? Which part? The in-your-face politics? Um, I don't know if they're doing in-your-face politics in the park. That's the the claim by a lot of people because you've heard that go woke, go broke. 
um, they were really against the um, law in Florida. They came out, and Disney World is in Florida, obviously, um, about... Oh, the, that, the, the don't that say gay? Yeah, that had nothing to do with not well, and saying see, And gay. that's a reversal from the past, because there was a time when Disney was sued because they wouldn't let two men dance together, you know, in front of a band. Right. And then they had to reverse that position, I, I guess. Yeah. And, and keep in mind, the don't say gay thing that everybody claimed that it was the law had nothing to do with not... You could still say gay in school. They just don't want teaching sex education, gender identity to five, six, seven, and eight-year-olds. After eight-year-olds, you're able to do it. Um, and here's the thing, and just before we go to break, I know we're running long. When it comes to a business like this, it's important that you do stay out of politics because it, it, if you say one thing, even if it's right and people don't believe in it, you have millions of millions of people will go, well, I'm never going there if that's really the way you feel about it. Mm-hmm. And I think possibly why you're seeing Disney losing so much money. there Because people go, well, I'm not going to spend my money with them. And when you get political, you run the chance of pissing off half the people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right, right or wrong. Whether, whether you're in the right, you still have all those people who may wrongly believe something, I'm not saying this is wrong, who are going, I'm never spending money with you guys again. Or on the other side, if you said it on the other side, I'm never spending money with you guys again. It's just a a dangerous proposition for a publicly traded company. We'll take a break. 208-336-3700. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. That is uh, true. Chris just brought this off off the air. Biden is now our first official octogenarian in office. Mm -hmm. He turned 80 yesterday. 80 years old yesterday. Before Reagan, we had never had a president who turned 70 in office. I don't think we should ever have one ever again myself either. Depends on who it is. That's my my personal opinion. All of it depends on who it is. I don't know. Just based on the 70-year-olds we've had in office, maybe 70 is the good upper limit to say, you know, we've got a 35-year-old age limit. Let's make it, uh, you know, double that as the upper age limit also. 30, 35 to 70, that's it. You're 69 and a half, okay. 70, uh, that, that's it. That's going to be it. Dwayne writes in, uh, is it just me or is the mayor of Moscow being really quiet about how the quadruple murders. No, it's not just you. They're they're playing it close to the vest on everything. He was uh, blabbing about it being a crime of passion. Did someone shut him up? My guess could be that someone did shut him up because that crime of passion quote was taken on by the New York Times and the Boise or the uh, Moscow Police Department had to come out and correct that story well, and say it was not a crime of passion. Okay, so, okay, it it wasn't the sort of passion where you're in you know a love affair or something with. Uh, another person, I suppose, but uh, the, uh, the the you know the, the way these people were killed, they had to go, I guess, into four or three different rooms and stab four different people in the chest with a, a large knife. Uh, there's uh, there's something very emotional about that, I guess. That you know, it's yeah. not necessarily passion, I, mean, I suppose. We don't know they were stabbed in the chest yet, even do we? No, we, we do. They were yeah. all stabbed in the chest? Yeah, they said that uh, for each of them, the fatal blow was, uh, they were stabbed more than one time, but for each of them, the fatal blow was one to the chest. Basically, they were stabbed in the heart. Which, And I know a lot of people don't 
I mean, because you don't go around stabbing someone. You don't know. that That's a very violent, violent crime. It is very hard to stab someone in the chest. You've got to get through ribs. Well, Nathaniel put it out earlier, too. I mean, it, it's it, that's got to be completely exhausting for somebody to, uh, you know, to do that. Uh, and, re- and that's why he says maybe the guy was hopped up on something. The only reason, and, and I say this because I haven't stabbed any person, but I have, you know, butchered pigs. It's very difficult to get a knife through to give a, to get a fatal blow to someone. I mean, it's very difficult. You would even, if you talk to doctors in surgeries, they would know it is very difficult to be able to do. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for being a part of the show. We're on a